There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm just going to polish my glasses and be professional. Anyone else want to polish their glasses? Alison, you're going to polish yours? Yep. Alex, you're polishing your glasses. Maureen? You're going to polish your contact lenses? Do you know what? Without my glasses, all of you just, you've gone up. <laughs> yeah, my glasses do need cleaning, though. I mean, that goes without saying. Yeah, Maureen. I mean, I, I've accepted that your glasses need cleaning. <laughs> Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women, the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Well, I suppose this week we've got to talk about the one thing that brought the country together is the, the rain. Nation. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ended up watching it, Alison, with uh, Jen Brister, which is one of the things I never thought I would do in my life is watch the coronation with the Brister. You two watched the coronation together? Well, yeah. we... Um, uh, it was on. It was on. And um, I thought, look, we all know where I sit on the political spectrum and... I've made neutral, it quite isn't clear. It? Yeah, very neutral. <laughs> and I've made it quite clear that I'm very neutral about the royal family. Uh, so neutral, in fact, uh, that I wish they didn't exist. But um, I, I did watch it, or, or bits of it, or parts of it, or it was it was on in the background, partly because it's a moment in time, it's a moment in history, and you know I thought the kids would want to watch it. Um, and partly so, I can't really. Um, I kind of just wanted to see what the fuck it was all about and what what was included and what they did and and I'm sort of glad I did actually because it, it's if anything it's really compounded my my Republican feelings. But wow, and Maureen and I were watching it, and every now and again we'd just have a little laugh because we were like, I mean, the one glove, that one glove that he wore. We, don't, we still don't know what that was about. They take him into a back room to put some secret oil on his head. <laughs> there's there's a. My boys were like, why is he wearing gold pyjamas? And then they, <laughs> he's, they, I don't know, he has to, he has to have a, a they give, they're handing him lots of like weird shit. I, look, I don't even know what was going on. And and some of the stuff that was being said or, or we were expected to say as, as his subjects, I thought, 
We've got to update this, guys. I mean, look, I accept that in this country, we're probably always going to have the royal family, fine. But I don't think as it stands at the moment, it's 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 just out so, so outdated. And the whole idea of the empire and and what what the royal family represents and the history and, you know, how they've, like, you know, made money from slavery and it's never been, you know, at the very idea that we've taken over whole nations or indeed continents and said that they're ours and we've never had any reparations and all the stuff we've kept that we've never returned, all of the money that we have and the wealth that the royal family has that comes from not from our nation. It's just so many things about it that just the systemic inequality and the classism... Ugh, but you know, we, we still we enjoyed it. it. We watched it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, her kids got coronated, as they called it. Coronated. They, didn't they? They were like, we want to be coronated. And so um so the little one was coronated as king of the teddies, not the bears. We got very upset we said bears, it's king of the teddies. And the other one got coronated as king of the house, which did not go down well with the brother. He's like, I, you're not king of me. And um, and the great thing about the king of the house coronation was that I was sitting in the background knitting. So oh, no. we, during the coronation ceremony, um, uh, Maureen is just in the background knitting. And we decided that that's what the actual coronation was missing. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been great if just as the crown landed on the head of King Charles III. All you needed to do is the camera just moved a little to the left and there's Maureen Younger just doing a knitting. Knitting away. <laughs> That's what away. was missing from the coronation. Actually, you missed this. Your bro- uh, uh, The little one likes eating dry pasta, right? So he got caught nicking some dry pasta. And I went, that is really weird, eating dry pasta. And he went, it's weird that you knit so much. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, quick and fast rebuttal. Wow. I do appreciate that. I like that he's always on the ball. Um, Alison, did you not see any of it? Did you miss all of no. it? No. No, I love, though, that you... I didn't know that he went into a secret room to get oil sacramented. I've fallen for that old come back in the room and get <laughs> sacramented with some sacred oil. Yeah. You know, don't fall for it, everyone. Don't fall for it. Uh, all I could think is one golden carriage would save the NHS. So I could not watch it because I would have my mind would have exploded. I think especially being from Canada and coming here and seeing this and just all the pageantry and everything and seeing as I've lived in this country for the last nine years, I just have a real problem with it. I have a real problem with it because from an outside perspective. Oh, from any perspective. <laughs> you give, do me a favour. Oh, my God. I, it's so nice that he dialed it back, though, everyone, that he just... In no way whatsoever. Back. I mean, no, he did. He wanted it bigger. This was a cut back. They made, they forced. This is cut yeah, back. Yeah, he Jen. wanted it bigger. This was, yeah, I economically. Mean, if, I don't know. Understand how they could have made it any bigger. What did he want? Oh, and all I see on everyone's posts is uh, where they were singing to Camilla, and it does sound like vagina, Camilla. Everyone's posts. That's all I can see. Something, and some people put a different adjective or verb before vagina, Camilla, but everyone still heard vagina, Camilla. No, I did. I heard that bit and it did sound like Regina, Camilla. It did sound like Regina? Yeah, which is Queen Camilla. Which is Latin for queen. But it is also, does sound like vagina. Does sound like vagina. And also, I that's know. always where my mind goes. Because there's a place in Canada called Regina, Regina, Saskatchewan, and the joke is. Regina sounds like a woman's. Yeah, know. of course yeah. it does. Look, that, uh, 
Never has a woman looked less ready to become a queen than Camilla. Oh, my God. That, the discomfort and the... Well, I mean, to be honest with you, he looked so tired. I thought he was going to have a little nap halfway through. <laughs> he did I thought ha- I thought the reason why they took him out the back was either just to give him a little cheeky line. How was just it? like, you need, a lo- you need a little pep. There you go, sunshine. Off you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the... Uh, it was it was the whole the whole thing the whole event was bizarre and um i found it really made my teeth itch and i felt absolute nothing uh, like i think the whole idea was that as a nation we were supposed to feel deep pride at the, at this moment in time and this moment in history i i i felt none of those things i felt uh like a in between inertia like i didn't care some put the kettle on to like not anger but just sort of i just irritated and bemused by it and bewildered very like bewildered by the whole bemused the whole event bewildered Be- bemused. great song by george gershwin there you go gershwin said it first and i'm saying it 609 millionth it's good to be in the queue for something as a, as a, as a british person well anyway we, we we it happened didn't it and we were alive when it happened and in times gone by, when they look back and go, why did this happen? We can say we were there uh, alive, not watching it, in your case, Alison, and watching it, but with the backs, with the backdrop of my children going through their own coronation at exactly the same time and more in knitting. So that's really made that event much more memorable than it would have been, actually. Um, <laughs> did, you, did anyone have a street party? Were there street parties where you were? No. No, I threw a, uh, so we had a belated birthday party for Danny. He turned 40 this year. It was in March. We had the birthday party on Sunday. I'm a little tardy at these Happy days. Happy birthday, Danny. Yeah. So the whole time I kept thinking, I was like, oh God, I hope nobody thinks I'm having like an after coronation <laughs> coronation party. I was like, I felt like saying to all the neighbors, I'm not, I'm not celebrating the, <laughs> I, I'm not, this is, he's 40. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you're, as long as you don't have any red or blue balloons out the front. No. There was nothing. What, what what I what we enjoyed the most, well, what Maureen enjoyed the most, was when they did the, um, you know, the red arrows went across. They went oh, across yeah. the, um, so the red arrows go across the balcony uh, of, of uh, Buckingham Palace. And Maureen went, oh, it's so good that they've decided to celebrate the trickle-or flag. As no, it, that wasn't me. Wasn't that it was you? Not me. Who was it? No. Who said that no, it then? Been Chloe, it must have been then. Chloe then. Because basically as it went along, it looked like they, it looked like it was the French flag. It was like red, white. It's the same colours. It is the same colours, but also it looked exactly like the French flag as it went across <laughs> Buckingham Palace. And I thought, I bet Macron was like, ha ha. I was like, <laughs> I mean, I think it was the wrong way round. But as British people, we've got no idea. I no. just thought it looked like the French flag to me. Anyway, that was that. It's happened. It's it's gone, and we need never mention it again. Even though that was actually going to be my goat. I'm gonna have to find another goat between now and the end of the show. Oh, you can still moan about that. Don't let that be gone. No, we we can come back to that. We can open no, with it and close with it. You'll manage it. Okay, yeah. thanks, guys. Don't you worry. I, I, I'm sure there's a lot of people who want to hear it. <laughs> really? I, I think you'll be surprised how many people like the royal family in this country. In fact, there might be some people who've already switched off due to their their monarchy, monarchy, monarchy. Maracas, I don't know what I'm saying. God, Maureen, help us. Look, we've all had a week. It's been about the monarchy this week, which it goes against everything all three of us believe in, but nonetheless, that's taken up the time. And now we must head over to Maureen Younger, and boy, oh boy, am I looking forward to finding out what this week's Be More Morning moment is. 
I messaged Jen, I have just put olive oil in my eyes. <laughs> and I was like, sitting there going, why is it so blurred? I, I mean, you can't make this shit up, can you? <laughs> it was oh. fine in the end, but I wouldn't recommend it. No, you wouldn't recommend it, Maureen. <laughs> So uh, this week's Be More Mooring moment is something that happened organically and so we thought we'd just play it because it's a brilliant Be More Mooring moment. I didn't even think it was a Be More Mooring moment, which makes it even a double Be More Mooring moment. So this is what happened. My friend bought me a little plant in a pot and I went, oh, that's a really lovely present. I went to light it because I thought it was a candle. It was actually a, actually a little plant. It was a succulent, I'll go and, probably. I'll go and get that while Alison talks some more. <laughs> Did I hear that correctly? I, I, Alison, she went I, to light... She lit you a, literally she, didn't bat an eyelid. Yeah. I'm not phased anymore. Yeah. So we're just taking a moment to... You, so you almost lit the plant how, on fire. The yeah. How did you... Why did you think that was a candle, Maureen? Because it's a succulent. Yeah. It was in a pot. <laughs> it looks like a little candle. plants go in pots that are indoors? Yeah, well, I didn't know. I just thought it was a candle. And my mate went, oh, did you like the plant? I was like, oh, Thank fuck she pointed that out. I No, I just thought... Because I saw it in a pot, so I just thought yeah, but, it was a but, candle. But when you looked at it... When you saw yeah, what's I just inside it, was like it. a plant-like. Candle. You thought it was a plant-like candle. You didn't think it was just a plant. No, I didn't really look that closely. Fucking hell, Maureen! Sometimes I wonder if you're an actual real person. <laughs> she does jigsaws, but she didn't really look at the candle slash. Plant. I didn't really look that closely. I just took it out and thought Mickey bought I, it for me. I, I, um, I'm in Brighton, okay, and I can see it's a fucking plant. Well, I didn't. I thought it was a candle. And anyway, it's a plant. Really, Maureen? I can see that from here. <laughs> Fucking hell. That's a I, good I, one for you. It's a succulent. I, it doesn't require a lot of water. Good call. Actually, that's, good a, call. that's a good Be More Maureen. I might do that for next week. I didn't think of that as a Be More Maureen, but that is a Be More Maureen, isn't oh, it, really? Did you not yeah, think that yeah, was a Be More Maureen? Trying to set fire it, to a is. fucking houseplant because you thought it's a candle. <laughs> Are you out of your mind? You're exhausting, Maureen. You're exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted about your plants. I bet you've no. never tried to light a, a succulent plant, have you? No one no, has, no, Maureen. I have not. <laughs> I mean, I haven't got green fingers, but I know the difference between a plant and a candle. Just by touching it, I'd be like, that is clearly not wax. <laughs> also, Maureen, where was the wick to this candle? <laughs> there were several wicks in her mind. I that closely. I just took it out the box. But that's, that's the first thing I in the middle. For, the first thing I look for in a candle is the wick. Oh come on! It was in a, it was in a pot. That is confusing. Here's what I love: is your friend knew that you might light it on fire. Your friend was the one who was like, "Did you try to light the plant on fire?" Which this is a friend now that has known you for so long that she was She's like, "Morning, morning." <laughs> Where's the wick on there, Morning? Can you see it? Well, it would be in the middle, wouldn't it? It's a fucking cactus. It's not anywhere. <laughs> it would be in the middle, wouldn't it? And there you go, everyone. That really happened. <laughs> that really happened. I didn't even think it was a Be More Maureen moment. But you didn't even think it was a Be More Maureen moment, Maureen. <laughs> well, no, I just kind of didn't think about it. I mean, I, you know, just one of those just things. Just the most annoying conversation I think I've ever had <laughs> with you. And I, and, and, and I have to say, there's been loads. But that <laughs> yeah. one is, is, is peak Maureen Younger. Sometimes... Sometimes I'm, I, I find them amusing. Sometimes I, I, I'm, I'm bewildered by them. But this, on this occasion, yes, I was irritated. And, and, and to this day, look, 
literally Maureen's at my house at the weekend. We're still having a conversation about it because obviously I can't let this shit go. And Maureen's saying to Chloe, I just don't understand. Jen got really upset. And Chloe went, yeah, I could hear her through the door. She, I thought you guys were having <laughs> a genuine... An Chloe's, I thought you guys had fallen out and you were having a genuine argument. I said... Well, I mean, we might as well have fallen out. And, and Maureen went, I just still, Maureen's like, look, I mean, it was a genuine thing. And, you know, I don't really understand why Jane got such And it was in a pot. And it was in a pot. And, 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 and again, Maureen. And again. Maureen thinking that it's a candle is that it's in a pot. Plants are in pot. That's why they're called pot plants, Maureen. It's because they're in pot. Yeah, have you, but it was you just like going around plant. looking at things in pots, trying to light them because they're candles. You absolute nutter. <laughs> anyway, it, we, it's already been covered in this Be More Moin moment for this week. We don't need to cover it again. Uh, yes, yes, it, ha it does still irritate me. No, I'm, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Let's move on to Alison. <laughs> <laughs> how do you like plants, Alison? Could that be this week's problem? I know. Uh, how do you like plants? I honestly just want to come to your house and make sure all the plants are safe, Maureen. I'm, con I'm concerned with <laughs> the. Is this the only plant you have going right now in the house? Well, I've got some dead daffodils. Do you still have those Maureen, bloody dead daffodils, those daffodils from last week, Maureen? Daffodils don't, they're not, they're not like a, an evergreen. Once they die, they die. They're, it's not they're coming gone. back. It's an annual plant. It's called an annual, an annual. <sighs> okay. Will you promise to throw that? What, what, why have you kept that dead plant? Why? Because I haven't been around. I've been, I've been, I haven't been around, have I? <laughs> Alison, just take over. Okay. <laughs> Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice. Cause I ain't using it. No, no. No, no. Take my advice. I ain't using it. Step in and solve a problem, uh, everyone, is what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to, how to get friends to communicate. No, okay, here we go. So uh, this this week's Ask Allison. This this week's Ask Allison. Again, thank you so much, everyone who writes in. Don't be shy. Keep writing in with your problems. I like hearing them. Please, please. Um, also, I want to take a quick moment just to say, I think I say this every time, but in case I don't, I am not a trained professional therapist, everyone. I know it's shocking. Uh, so please always know that professional help is the best way to go. I can just give you some options of some things that are out there for you and give you a personal opinion. So this week's problem, really love it. Can't believe we haven't had something like this before. How do I survive living with my ex for the next six months? I've recently Ooh. broken up with my girlfriend of five years, whom I share a home with. We are in the very final stages of our house renovation, uh, and then we intend to put it on the market. In the meantime, for financial reasons, we have both decided to continue living in the house until the sale goes through and we move into our respective new homes. Our breakup was difficult. We often don't see eye to eye and we have a tendency to have big fallouts. How do I stay positive and sane over these next six months while we're living under the same roof? Now, I think right now more than ever is a time where a lot of exes are being forced to live together because let's be honest, we don't necessarily have the cash to get out of these situations and it's a tricky one. So first off, you are not alone. I often think during the lockdown, oh my God, how many weird situations probably happened then, hey? Because lockdown love could quickly turn into lockdown litigation, everyone. So this is tricky, but I do have some um, some advice. So... um. 
<clears throat> Living with an ex can leave people with what is called uh, ambiguous loss. So basically what happens is if you, you're kind of in purgatory, that's what it is. You're in purgatory. So you're stuck in this situation. You want to move on, but you're still there. So it's tricky. Um, so, cause we can't really achieve full closure uh, and we end up in a stage of limbo where negative feelings about the relationship get plugged up instead of released. So this makes it tricky. As hard as it can be, here are some things that I think can help. You need to think of this relationship as a brand new one, as if you are living with a stranger. I know it is hard, but you must follow these steps. You can't go into the same patterns of anything you were doing before, okay? So right away, you have to pretend that this person is a new person you're living with, and you have to start again with some rules in living together. The other thing I want to suggest to you is please go seek out support right now from friends and family because one of the things you're going to want to do is to be getting out of the house as much as possible. So if you can have some sleepovers, if you can go visit people, and I encourage the both of you to do that. And I think you should discuss this at the time when you decide to break up and be like, look, yes, this is our house, but I think right now we both need to make an issue, uh, make a, a point to be getting out and about as much as possible. Um, if you have kids, look, you got to talk to your kids. But I'm going to focus on not children relationship. Um, but the biggest thing I want to say, if you do have kids, please don't fight in front of your kids. Please try with all your heart and soul not to fight in front of the kids. It makes it real tricky. Make a, an agreement to go away somewhere and talk about things. Compromise on details. Look, this is going to be hard because you're going to want things one way. They're going to want things another way. Compromise is the key right now. It's not worth winning every battle. Okay, compromise. If they go low, you go high, as Michelle Obama says, right? Right now is just about keeping the peace so you're not living in a state of complete and utter angst the whole time. Uh, set clear boundaries for finance and behavior. What exactly are you paying for now? Before you were a unit, you were like, hey, I got your back, you got mine. No, now it is. This is the exact amount we are each paying for these things. That needs to be a discussion right away. Again, you're not doing each other any favors by helping each other out right now. You need to be clear. You are two separate people, okay? Don't force any small talk when you're in the house. In fact, the less talk that maybe you can have with one another right now, the better. Um, don't cook together. Don't drink alcohol together. Don't do those things that you used to do before. Oh, we'll just make the steaks. Remember how we used to? No, no going back in time because you're going to trick yourself. And for moments, you're going to be like, this feels good. No, there's a reason why it ended. Keep focusing on that, okay? Sleep in different rooms, for Christ's sake, if I have to tell you that. I mean, get yourself a different room. Don't be sharing a bed. Also, if you are in the old bedroom, can I encourage you to move the furniture around and make this bedroom yours now? You need to create the illusion of a new start, okay? No more sleeping on the same side. No more bed there. Get new sheets. Do whatever you need to do. This is your space now. Discuss how you will deal having friends over, okay? Maybe you're going to have people around. And do not, if you start seeing someone, do not bring them into the house. Come on, be reasonable here. Either one of you, go bang outside the house. No banging in the house is the new rule, everyone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> also, set a move-out date as soon as possible. 
okay? You need to have a date in mind. You can't keep going, well, we're just going to do this for a few months. No, what is the date this is going to be over? You need to set a date so there's light at the end of the tunnel and so you know what you're moving towards so you don't slip back into old habits. Um, I think these are the biggest things that you can do if you're stuck living in a house together. Compromise, create your own life, go see people, get out as much as you can, avoid falling back into old patterns, and the best of luck, and just know you are not alone. A lot of people are going through this right now. You will get through it, but just remember, your relationship is over. That's all the advice I can give today. Bloody hell, Alison. That was great advice. I mean, wow. Yes. It's yeah. tough. It's 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 tough, isn't it? And you have to have, it's so hard to have boundaries when you're living with the person that you were previously in a relationship with. And it's those boundaries can get blurred inevitably because there's always one person who is still in love with the other person. And so they're not going to be the, it, it's, it's really hard for that person be, to be the one to create the boundaries. And if you're with someone who's just unboundaried and they're like, yes, I don't want to be with you, but sure, we can still sleep together and sure, we can still have dinner together. That's only going to mess with your head or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, or vice versa or whatever. So, um, yeah, all of that is, it's, it's just boundaries, isn't it? It's just yeah. that. It's like saying we're in a brand new relationship. It's got nothing to do with the relationship that we were in before. Well, it's not that it's got nothing to do with it, but it's now completely different. Yeah. And now we're going to conduct ourselves in a very different way until we have this natural conclusion, which is that we separate and live separate lives permanently. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then, and then the, how do you do that when also perhaps you're grieving, you're sad, you're lonely, you're feeling down, whatever, all of those things that happen at the end of a relationship for, for both parties. But yeah. yeah, I mean, the fact that you even have to say, don't bring, <laughs> don't bring a partner. You'd be amazed. I, at some... I'm not amazed. I know, I know situations where that has happened. And I was amazed at the time. I was like, guys, what I is mean, going on? and both were doing it in a kind of almost like a spite way. Oh, well, that's exactly it. It's spite fuck is what that's called. It's like, bring one, I'll get you. You did one, I got one. And it's so... Yeah, well, that's exactly what happened. You did yeah. one. Okay, I'll bring back someone. Wait, what is it? You know, it just... Oh, awful, awful. It is. And and that person will never... Look, you're going through pain, and although that person is usually the person to comfort you, you cannot get comfort from the person that is causing you the pain. Just remember that, right? They don't want to hurt you. It's done. Don't look to them to help you get through this. Yeah, that's that's what your friends are for. Yeah. yeah. That's what your friends are for. Go to your friends for comfort and, um, and sidestep your ex. Wow. Yeah. Great advice, Alison. Thank you very much. I actually think a lot of people will be like, oh, yeah. Because it's stuff that I think deep down we all know, but you do need to be reminded of this stuff. And you need to have someone say it to you. So I'm saying it to you. Yeah. And I really like the idea of making your bedroom your own. Things like that. Like you got to create your own life. So even if you're stuck in this old environment, you, you do what you can to change it, change it, change it. Because that'll help your mindset to change, to change, to change. Yes, yeah, so that when they move or you move or whoever's moving, I don't know, um, you, you're, you've already made a, a, a step towards creating a new space for yourself. Because that's hard when you've shared a space with someone and then they're gone and then you're like alone with half the stuff that you had before. Sometimes it's like, I thought I owned the whisk, but now I don't have a whisk. 
<laughs> and don't be fighting over the whisk. Just let them take the bloody whisk. You Do can you know buy what? a new Don't fight whisk. over the whisk because they're actually quite cheap and you can pick one up. <laughs> Very cheap. <laughs> Inexpensively from any... Uh, well, just go online, actually. Just go online. Um, Alison Junesmith, thank you so much for your advices. As always, absolutely spot on. Um, and now let's move into pastures less complex because it's about televisual times and things and visual. <sighs> televisual. That's my new favourite word. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Sorry, Alison, I'm distracted by the fact that Maureen appears to be drinking double cream. I'm not drinking double cream. What are you drinking? It's a cafe latte. Oh, thank God. I, oh. Sorry, <laughs> Alison, let's be honest. It wouldn't be out of the realms of possibility that Maureen is chugging on some double cream. <laughs> Maureen, what have you been watching? Well, I watched the spin-off Bridgerton series, Queen Charlotte. Oh, you've watched all of it already? I watched all of it. There's only six episodes. Well, I think there's only six episodes. That's all I've watched. There's all that's out there. And so there's like two timelines. So there's one beginning in 1817 with the death of the uh, the royal princess, Princess Charlotte, who died in, in childbirth and she was meant to be the next monarch. And then, so there's a lot of pressure now. So the old, the old queen is trying to get her children all a whole bunch of them to get married and, and produce an heir. You'd think she had 30, she had 13 children, well, she gave birth to 15, but 13 lived. you think one of the 13 would have produced something. And then it goes back to the beginning, to 1761, when Charlotte comes from Germany and she meets 
King George and it explores their marriage and his mental illness. And um, obviously it's not historically accurate. In places it's far-fetched, but it has got all that budgeted stuff. It's got very great production values. The three lead actors, the young Agatha, the young Queen Charlotte and the young King George are brilliant, absolutely brilliant in their roles. Um, and it is, it's, it's very watchable, as you know, as Bridgerton is. There's a few sex scenes. I think they've gone away from being so explicit as they were in the first series. I think they've, you know, it's done a bit more decorum. Um, but yeah, and, and also it's, it's a bit of a feminist mantra, really. It's kind of showing how these women had to live, obviously, in a man's world. You know, where they've got really no autonomy, even though, you know, they're rich and they're, you know, you think if you're, if you're a princess or you're a queen, you'd have a lot of power and stuff. But actually how they kind of have got to find their way and, and, and assert themselves in what is basically a male dominated world. So, yeah, I quite enjoyed it, actually. So I recommend it. Okay. And whenever I see clips, she's always holding a cute little Pomeranian. Yes, that was a present. She she didn't like it at first. Um, oh. It was a present from King George, and I mean it, it's true. I mean obviously he was he was mad. He had to go through horrendous treatments. It's really about their love because they were. Uh, I mean, they, I think they became estranged at the end, but like for years they were like madly in love with each other. And actually, people thought he, one of the reasons he was mad was because he didn't have a mistress. He was like one of the few kings who did have a mistress, and they thought this is the reason why he's gone a bit mad is because he's not having extramarital <laughs> sex. I mean, they really did love each other. Um, you know, and they had 15 children. And so it's very unusual, a royal marriage, because obviously they were just a marriage of alliance. It wasn't a, a love match, but they did really love each other. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really a love. It's a great love story about all the things he's doing. Because you, it kind of, you see it from her side, and then there's an episode where you see what, why he's behaved like he has. Because he behaves like a bit of a twat, and then you realise what he's actually trying to do, and it's it's really about love, which I think Bridgerton always is, isn't it? I, I mean, I think that's all it is, isn't it? It's just a, it's just uh, uh, love stories back to back. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I might check it out. I didn't much like the second series, if I'm honest. <laughs> was there less sex? Why yeah, there was out? less sex. There was. It was fine. It was fine. I, I, I like the visual spectacle of it. I think it's. I think like it's fantastic. Um, but I did get a little bored. I did watch Bridgerton one about three, four times, whereas I only watched Bridgerton two. Yeah, once. we know why. Exactly. The sex. Bridgerton. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, brilliant. Thanks, Maureen. Well, that's Bridgerton series three, and it's available now. No, 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 not series three. It's Queen Charlotte. It's a spin-off. Oh, it's not Bridgerton. No, it's a spin-off off Bridgerton. Oh. So it's got Bridgerton characters in it. But it's not but it's Bridgerton. A spin-off. It's not Bridgerton. Wow. Okay, so it's Queen Charlotte. It's got nothing to do with Bridgerton. It has got something to do with Bridgerton, but it's not Bridgerton. It's not Bridgerton. Don't keep stop saying Bridgerton. It's got it's not Bridgerton. It's Queen Charlotte, for God's sake. Um, which has all the characters of Bridgerton. Um but isn't <laughs> not all the characters. But it isn't Bridgerton. <laughs> Good, great. Thanks, Maureen. Um, I will be aware of that existence. What have I been watching? Nothing, really. I haven't really been watching anything at all um, as I have been working. But I did see last night, I watched The Wonder, which is a film on Netflix, which is stars Florence Pugh, uh, Tom Burke, uh, Neve. I'll go. It's got uh, Toby Jones in it. It's got Kieran Hines in it. And uh, also stars a young Keela Lord Cassidy as a young girl in um, the Midlands in Ireland, um, who is a 
uh, who's seen as a sort of almost like a prodigy in that she seems to be able to live without consuming any food. So she is a religious um, saint, or she's been lauded to see if she's a saint, and, a, and a, a nun and a nurse are employed to watch her, to watch her to make sure, you've seen it, Alison? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To make sure that she doesn't eat or, or that she is eating. Or something's happening because, you know, there is a self-appointed panel in this village in Ireland that have decided that they're going to figure out whether she's a saint or whether she's a fraud. And the panel is obviously divided by some people that think she's definitely a saint and, you know, this will prove it. And other people that are like, are you kidding? She's clearly eating. There's no way she can survive without eating. So that is the start of, of the film. You see this nurse who comes over. She was a nurse during the Crimean War, Florence Pugh character. And she has her own trauma that you that you see um, uh, when she's alone on her own. Um, she's addicted to laudanum and uh, we can see that she has lost a child. Uh, I don't think that's giving too much away. And then you see that she has this... Um, uh, a friendship or, 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 or relationship with this young girl that she's watching and their family that she is watching to see if she's eating. And that is the, the start. And it, it's a very, the way it's directed is quite unusual because it starts on the set. So you see the set of the film and then the camera pans back or pans to one side and takes you into the into that first scene and then it never really acknowledges that until the very end of the film I didn't really understand why they chose to do that I don't know that it gave anything to the film or helped or heightened or but I don't know Alison Alison's face she might disagree no I mean I I was it started out good and it kind of yeah it lost me near the end so I'm with you it was I yeah I I thought the concept was really great and I enjoyed it but then as it kind of I was like eh, uh, it was yeah. it was slow it was slow the acting is as is, is is so good it's really great yeah you know I mean you can't fall and and in, and in lots of ways the direction is fantastic it is what it, it's I think it does what it sets out to do it's very ominous, it's unnerving, it's unsettling. You are not sure really what's going on. You have your suspicions. And it just moves at a very slow pace as it sort of follows these, really, these two women, really, these two women. And so if you if you like something that's action-packed or you like something that's adrenaline fueled, then this is not the film for you. If you don't mind something that's a little bit slow moving and you don't you don't know really what's going on, then this is the film for you. Um, uh, I think I think I enjoyed it more than Chloe did. Chloe was like, "What the bloody hell have we just watched?" <laughs> but I I think I I could see what they were trying to achieve from the film, and I think they they did it in a way. But I think it, it given what the story is. Um, so I, I don't. I, I think I can recommend it. I, if if you'd like something that's absorbing and and you but and requires concentration but doesn't move too quick, 
Is that fair to say? I don't know. I don't want to be unfair. Endorsement, in it. Well, <laughs> the thing is, I, it's kind of one of those movies which you, you can see how much effort's gone into the direction and the cinematography and the acting, and you know, it's it's from a book, and the writer of the book is one of the screenwriters. So I think they've got close to what they wanted to achieve. I haven't read the book, so I can't I can't possibly comment on that. Um, and and I think it it does it. It does it. Whether or not you like it is is a personal is is completely subjective. But I yeah. think the film does exactly what it sets out to do, and it and that might be the thing that you love, or that might be the thing that you don't love. But that I don't think that necessarily reflects on whether it's a good or a bad film. It just it's like a personal taste. Yeah. But it's on Netflix. I think it came out last year. But yeah, that's what I've been watching. And also, I can see why you might have watched it because it's quite dark, Alison. And that's yeah. is that why? Because it's sort of got that dark. 100%. Yeah. I, I'm into anything that's like possession, culty. Uh, you know, this is more like um, religious-y. Is she surviving without food? I, yeah, that sort of thing. I, and so if you like dark, it is good. It's not It's not a horror, but it's dark. No, it's not horror yeah. at all. Yeah. Uh, but it is dark. Um, Alison, give us your horror recommendation. Speaking of horrors, here we go. So this with the problem of breakup living together, I was like, oh, I want to focus on breakup. And actually, so I was Googling, did you know there's a whole genre, there is a horror subcategory called breakup horror? <laughs> So I was like, oh, wow, there's, you know, and some of the top movies that were recommended. And so I was torn between two. At first, I was going to recommend Shaun of the Dead, which, yes, I have before. Both of these movies I've recommended before. But Shaun of the Dead is great because uh, they break up, uh, zombies come in, and he goes back to, you know, save her and save everyone. So Shaun of the Dead, great watch, always entertaining, uh, a funny zombie flick. But the movie that I think better suits this problem is Midsummer. Ah! Midsummer, yeah, which Hang is a great. A Isn't Florence Pugh in that? I believe she is. Yeah, look She's at that. She's in that. The yeah. irony of it all. What? There's look a connection. There's Florence a connection. Pugh. Yeah, she uh, is if, in that. Yeah. If you haven't heard of it, so basically, a couple travel to Sweden to visit their friend's rural hometown for its fabled Midsummer Festival. But what begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. I love cult stuff, so very exciting. Also, why this is good for the uh, breakup problem is because this is a couple that was having problems, uh, and the guy wanted to break up with the girl, but she was getting through a... Someone had passed away in her life, and so he put off breaking up. And this is just a good example of, like, trust your instincts. (laughs) Don't stay in a relationship that you know is over. Otherwise, you will end up in a rural town, part of a pagan cult. All right. So if nothing else scares you to move on from a relationship, this should. So that's why I'm like, watch Midsummer. It will encourage you to move on now. I've been meaning to watch that film, actually, for quite a long yeah. time. But it's, it's, I have to sort of watch it when Chloe's not around because I don't think she'd like it. Yeah. Because it's it, a little bit too dark for her. It gets a little gore, too. But, I mean, it all goes along with the story. It's not needless gore. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's a great one. And I just think it's a really good example of... Break up, move on. Shit like this can happen if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in this country anyway, in the UK, I think you can get, I think it's on Netflix because that's where I've seen it. It's on Netflix. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's on there. Yeah. So you can get it on that if you are subscription subscribed to that network. Uh, thanks very much, Alison, for your horror recommendation. And let us head back to Maureen Younger, who is always on. She's Now, here is a woman that does have her finger on the pulse. It's Maureen Younger, and it's time for her corner, which has been yogurted. 
course, it's the corner time that is often cultural, but sometimes just batshit. <laughs> All right, guys. So we're coming up to our close to our hundredth episode, as you know. Wait, what? Yes. No. Yeah. Yes. Really? Yes, Jen. So for the cultural corner, I thought I'd look at the hundred top uh, films. But don't worry, I'm not going through all hundred films. It would be a really long. <laughs> Could you imagine seven hours in number fifty-seven? <laughs> um, <laughs> the top uh, hundred films from the BFI. So I'm going to just quickly name the top ten. So the third man is number one, which I think is is of. Have you who's seen it? Jen's seen it. She saw it with me in Austria. I saw it Alice, in Vienna. It is. It's set in, yeah, it's in Vienna. It's set in Vienna. It's a classic, classic movie. Orson Welles steals a film. He's in it for about ten minutes. If you haven't seen it, totally recommend it. Now the probably most British film ever is at number two. Brief Encounter, which I love. Yes, I've seen that. I mean, yeah. It, I know people do parodies of it, but it and it's so. If you haven't seen it, Alison, it's such a typical British movie. It's a couple who have an affair, but they don't have sex. Well, Which they is just a, literally just talk. kiss once, I think, don't they? And they talk. I think. Do they kiss at the end? They do have a. I think they have a kiss. But I remember doing an old coward in Berlin and um, with a German director, and he said, "Oh, this play is about sex." I went, "No, it's a British play. It's about people talking about sex, but not having sex." It's not French. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> third one is Lawrence of Arabia, which is a stunning movie. If you haven't seen it, totally re- recommend seeing it on the big screen. It's just amazing. Fourth one, I know Jen loves this one. It's The 39 Steps by Alfred Hitchcock from 1935. Yes, great. If you haven't seen it, Alison, it is fantastic. And it is so good that all other um, versions of The 39 Steps follow Hitchcock's story. They don't follow the story in the novel because Hitchcock actually made a better story out of it. And they always keep his version. So they might change it a bit, but it's always his version. But honestly, Robert Donat is fantastic in it. Um, fifth is Great Expectations by David Lean from 1946, um, which has got, oh, God, Gene Simmons yeah. and uh, John Mills. It used to get repeated all the time on, on British TV when we were kids. And all of us kids, if it was on, we would watch it. We loved it. I, we absolutely love that that adaptation. And the beginning scene, if you look at it, Alice, and you can find it on YouTube when you go. Up, I think it's Finley Curry as um, I've forgotten the convict's name, Magwitch, and, it, oh, it, and it's in the, in the grave centre, and it's like in the grave, and it, honestly, it's it's really good. Next one is probably one of the best known British comics, uh, Ealing comedies, Kind Hearts and Coronets, where Alec Guinness plays nine people of the same uh, family yes. who all get. Mur- who get murdered by Dennis Price. Yes, I have seen that. That is really funny, that film. It's really a really funny. funny, funny movie. And and Alec Guinness is brilliant. Kez, which I haven't seen, but it's meant to be brilliant. Have it's you a not Northern... seen Kez? No, it's about a boy with his kestrel, isn't it? Well, do you know where I watched it? I watched it at school. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, but they, they put it on at school and we watched it. And, oh, my God. It's just like a room full of children crying at the end. Yeah, yeah. It, it's meant to be fantastic. I've never seen it. Next one, this is a, a one for Alison. I think she's seen it. Don't Look Now. Oh yeah! Oh, that's oh, a great that Donald Sutherland scary movie. and uh, Judy Christie. Yeah. Although the and scariest David, scenes are the sex scenes. Let's David be Sutherland. honest. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Yeah. He's got such people long legs. Th- We've talked about. People that. think they did it for real. They didn't. They didn't do it for real. Uh, next one I've never seen actually is the Red Shoes. Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger, which is very famous. It's a woman who's who puts red shoes on. She can't stop dancing. But it's a very famous movie. I've never seen one of the few movies here I haven't seen. And number ten is Train Spotting by Danny Boyle. Oh, really? Is that number 10? Wow. Yeah. I haven't seen that film for about 30 years. 
<laughs> or oh, 20 yeah, years, whatever it is. Old. Yeah. But yeah, I think the only ones I haven't really seen are Kez and uh, The Red Shoes. Ah. Well, I mean, do do watch Kez if you're looking for a downer. <laughs> I, I, that film was such, I was like, I don't know why, why, why they made me watch that. <laughs> They wanted to see children they cry. They just wanted to see children cry. cry um, but I mean, they are they are all brilliant movies. I mean, it's know, always, you know. If you ever find yourself on the South Bank and you've got some hours to kill, here's something that you can do. You can go to the BFI and you can, if, it's, if there's a space free, watch any film, any film there at the BFI. Absolutely free. Go and watch it. They give you a screen and you put some headphones it's on. It's a video tech. It's a video tech. They've got video uh, tech. And there. you can uh, pick pick the thing that you want to watch and uh, uh, you, you know um, go go and watch a uh, go and watch a movie. They've got you can all watch of all old TV, old TV an old TV series as well. Series as well. Oh. It's absolutely. I mean, so many people just go there and just kill a couple of hours just to. Um, and it's and you'd be surprised. Uh, you, you're probably thinking, "Oh, it's always really, really busy." It is busy, but I have yet to go there and not being able to find somewhere that I could sit down and, and watch something if I wanted to. And they've got one in Bradford as well. I think they've got some in other places. But I've been to the one in Bradford. We should find out. Yeah, we should TV find series. out. Honestly, it's it's a really wonderful thing to go and do if you if it's raining or it's not a great day. Go to the BFI, sit there, take your sandwiches, watch a movie. Also, the, the BFI website you can watch free stuff there. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be the latest releases, but you can watch you know stuff on there. On can the you? I didn't platform. know that. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Um, brilliant. Thanks, Maureen. Those are really great suggestions. Any of those films, uh, I. Like I can, I think I've watched about eight of them or seven of them. I can recommend. They're absolutely fantastic. Um, very varied. A great yeah. list, Maureen. Like very different. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Comedies, a little bit of like creepy stuff, thrillers, everything, everything that you could possibly want. To be fair, Train Spotting is the latest, 1996. Everything else is. There's quite a few of them from the 40s, but you know. The they're great. They're classics. They're great. And it used to be that they'd be repeated on terrestrial TV all the time. But I don't think anyone watches terrestrial television anymore. So you, you miss these great, these great movies. So go check them out. Um, brilliant. Maureen, that's the cultural caller done. Boom. Smashed it. Well done us. Now, end of show. But is it? No. Yeah, goat it up, Jen. Uh, Jen's going to tell us what, what gets her goat. <laughs> Don't judge me. Now, you're going to be judging me now, but bloody well wait, okay? This is terrible, isn't it? That's what's got my goat. And and, and do you know who I blame? Society. (laughs) The coronation. Let's go back. But yes. but just briefly, like I look, I should I should before we start the goat, I should um warning for anyone that that is pro monarchy and that you love the royal family or you don't have a problem with the royal family that you think that they should exist that this is up your street that you like them that then maybe don't listen to this just skip it because you're going to hate me by the end of this goat you're just going to be like oh god she's so obnoxious which by the way i absolutely am and i and i know that about myself as does Maureen and Alison they've just accepted me for who i am but if you feel like that's not you please don't write to us to tell us how much you like king charles just don't listen to this I think my issue with it is I find it to be, I understand how uh, that people want a tradition and I understand the importance of tradition actually and I, and I don't think that is a bad thing that we have those traditions. But I just question during a cost of living crisis 
uh, during a time when so many people are struggling to feed their families and feed themselves or to, you know, we've got nurses on strike, we've got teachers on strike. I just question all of it. And I think probably uh, my goat would be less got. It's not by the, the... I understand that we need to have... Sorry, that was my phone there, girl. That's the monarchy I, calling right now, Jen. That's that's the press... That's Sorry, that's the press office, the royal... Fa- Ugh, they always contacted me. I understand the need for pageantry and, and how much people enjoy that sort of thing and tradition and the royal family and yada, yada, yada. I also understand that the, he is, whether we like it or not, the head of state and there needs to be some form of ceremony that acknowledges that that you know, that it has passed down to this new head of state. It's no longer Queen Elizabeth II. It is now King Charles III. And something needs to happen to take place, to acknowledge that. Even if we were a republic, we would have a ceremony to acknowledge the new president. I get it. I am not against it. I just think, A, what you were saying earlier, both you and Maureen, about not only only was it too much, but it could have been a lot more, but also... Given what we know or what we're recently discovering or what we should have known or what we probably did know but didn't ever actually speak of is how much money the royal family make and how they have an income and what their income is. And it's billions. It's billions. That it would have been a gesture that I think as a nation, all of us, can you imagine how the royalists, they would have like been literally like, orgasming in the street about it if if they had said given given the way given how how hard it is for so many of our subjects or whatever it is however they refer to us um we will contribute a certain amount we 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 will we won't take the full sovereign fund that has been offered to us which is however many millions pounds to make this 200 million or whatever it was and we will pay for half of it which they absolutely could and it wouldn't have made a dent on their many billions and i think that is what has gotten my goat it's not only do we have to go through this this whole bloody hoo-ha but that we as a country who are we're pretty much struggling at the moment, given the incompetency of the government that we've had for the last however many fucking years, have to pay for it. And not only that, that we have that very same government telling us that we should be grateful, that we should be thankful. And not only that, that if you, as a democratic member of this this nation, don't agree with it, you don't have a democratic right to protest. Now, the UN has come out against what happened, haven't they? Yeah, I think. but... So there's so many things that are currently wrong with what happened at the weekend. That I, when I unpick it, it just makes my it really gets my goat. So, irrespective of whether or not you're a royalist, I think we can all agree that it could have been done differently. It could have been done in a better way, and that we and that for those people who aren't uh, monarchists like myself, who are desperate for them to disappear into the background forever. Um, that would have assuaged up all of us and perhaps made this whole weekend bearable. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you know what I mean? Rather than this whole idea that there's a party that we've paid for that we're not even really invited to. That's what well, it feels like. You can watch like. it on BBC One, BBC Two and ITV3. I know, love, time. but I mean, like, if you can have a party, I want to be there. I don't want to be watching it in my living room with my with my son, with you knitting in the corner and my son... Getting coronated. Getting coronated, surrounded by a load of teddies. Look, all I'm saying is, I think we've got it all upside down and the wrong way round. And 
it just doesn't. And and the idea that we should be grateful for it, that is what has gotten my goat, because I'm not grateful for it. You should be grateful for us. And do you know what? I don't need, I don't need to give you, I don't need to like um, declare my allegiance to you. I want you to fucking declare your allegiance to me. That's yep. what I want because we are the people and we are the majority. And if you don't have our support, you're fucking no one, mate. So get down on your bended fucking knee and swear your allegiance to every single person in this country. And that is what has gotten Maggot. Jen for Prime Minister, everyone. Jen Brister for Prime <laughs> Minister. Okay. So uh, anyway, on a lighter note, um, what, it was nice to have a bank holiday, wasn't it? It was also that. And, and an even better note, even better note, uh, if you really enjoyed this podcast, obviously <laughs> you might not be a monarchist, um, uh, feel, feel free to put a review. It really helps if you get nice. Obviously, if you it don't like really the podcast, does. don't put a review. But if you yeah. like the podcast, give us a review. That always makes us, you know, we're needy stand-up comedians after all. Yes, Maureen is absolutely right. Uh, you can review us on Apple Podcasts. We'd absolutely love that and give us a five-star review. Also, if you listen to us on Spotify, you can actually rate us. I don't think you can leave a review, but you can rate us. Give us five stars on there. That we'd absolutely love that. And, you know, just leave a little message on the on the review on Apple to say that you're enjoying it. It all helps us get up on the charts and get seen and heard and, and noticed. I mean, we've been doing this for coming up to three years now. It'd be absolutely amazing if we if if, if we if we hit a chart of any kind. We'd love it. And also, just to say thank you to everybody, oh, all of yeah. you that do listen. We are so, so grateful that you uh, are still tuning into our bollocks and um you know we shut up phone <laughs> sorry i'm normally having it on silent and we love you all is that too much <laughs> bye it's fucking phone honestly what a nightmare women talking bollocks if you have enjoyed WTV, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a little review. Or oh, you can check out our socials now on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and you never know, we may even get on TikTok. And if you do like the show, please do have a look at our Patreon for bonus content and weekly treats. Well, that did. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.